0: Well, good morning, everyone. We're certainly glad to see you here. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with this series, as most of you have known. And today's movie is Back to the Future and lets you folks pick the movies for each decade. And you did a good job last week. You picked the number one grossing movie of a year in the, uh, what we do last year? <laughs> the 890s. Uh, in 1985, Back to the Future came out on July 3rd. <clears throat> And uh, it was the number one grossing movie that year, in 1985. We were actually in Portugal at the time, but uh, grossed 381 million dollars, which today would be what a billion? I don't know. Um, it's classified as a, uh, a comedy science fiction movie. It's also it's listed as the top one of the top ten science fiction movies of all time. Yet it's mostly a comedy. So if you're not a science fiction person like me, I love science fiction. I've got hundreds of books and and I've read out hundreds of others, um, you still enjoy the movie. And the cool thing about the movie was the second weekend was bigger than the first weekend. That's pretty unusual. And so word of mouth spread how good the movie was. And uh, I've watched it multiple times this week, and it does get better if you watch it too. So if you've seen it before, I, I encourage you to watch it. If you haven't seen it, uh, there'll be some, you know, I'll be giving away the plot and some of the things that happen, uh, but it's, it'd still be worth seeing. So that's where we're going this morning. Um, actually, there were three Back to the Future movies. I'm going to focus on the first one, but I'm going to start with a quote from the third one because I thought it was, it was really good about what I wanted to talk about and about life. It says, uh, Doc is talking to Marty. Doc is the, the scientist that discovers time travel, <laughs> and Marty's the main character. It means your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Okay, so our tomorrow hasn't been written yet. Your future is whatever you make of it. So make it a good one. Good advice, right? Make your future a good one. So how do you make your future a good one? Well, we are the sum total decisions we've made. You know, I made a decision at, at uh, 17 to become a, become a pastor, a preacher. Uh, that has affected my whole entire life. When I was 24, I met my wife and... We got engaged and got married, that's affected my whole life. We decided to have children, and of course, that affects your life in a big time, right? Uh, Four kids. Um, so, you, we've all made these decisions, big ones like those, even little ones. We all are the sum total of the decisions we made, so we need to make good decisions. So, that's what I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, this morning. I think we can all benefit from that. <clears throat> so, how do you make wise decisions? Life shouldn't be hit and miss, roll the dice, Uh, could work out, might not work out. Most of the time it probably wouldn't work out very well. So how do you make wise decisions? Well, I want to, well, first we we need to ask God. If you're a Jesus follower, you need to ask God. If you're not, we're glad that you're here and and most of these principles apply to you, but this one specifically is for Jesus followers. James said this, if you need wisdom, we all need wisdom, I would agree, I think we'd all agree, ask our generous God, so God is generous, He doesn't hold back, He wants to give. He will give it to you. So, I need wisdom in this decision. God, help me. And He will not rebuke you for asking. He won't, you know, get mad at you asking. So, I'm going to talk about seven different things God uses. There's, you know, could be a hundred. But I'm going to talk about seven specific things God uses to help us make wide decisions. And we're going to start with the first one is, and these are all starting with C. I kind of manipulated the words a little bit. Uh, Communication. Communication. Now, there isn't anything about communicating with God in the movie, uh, but we certainly want to talk about communicating with God. I personally have not heard voices, God's voice. I've met people who said they have heard God's voice. But even if you have, that's not God's normal, average, day-to-day way to communicate with us. So how do we, you and I communicate with God? Well, the biggest way God communicates with us is through His Word, through the Bible. So I can read in a Bible, for example... Ah, should I lie to my spouse? Well, no, that's in that top ten. There, don't have to lie, right? So I shouldn't do that. Uh, should I cheat on my taxes? No, no, no. That's that's one of those top tens. I shouldn't do that one. Uh, should I commit adultery? Uh, no, that's a bad one. Uh, should I kill somebody? No, that, that that's not a decision that uh, wise decision to make. Should I honor my parents? Yeah, that's a good decision to make. Uh, should I worship God? Yeah, that's gonna, should I take the God, Lord's name in vain? No, I shouldn't do that. So the, the Bible's full of these things that tells us what are wise things to do and not to do. So I don't even have to ask myself about those things. Then there's a whole other category of things that are like, the Bible has guidelines, but it doesn't tell us specifically. For example, <clears throat> who should I marry? Now, if I'm a Jesus follower, I should only marry a Jesus follower, but it doesn't tell me which Jesus follower to marry, Right? So, there's principles in there that help us make those uh, other decisions, Uh, like um, what you should do with your life. Now, I'm kind of designed or wired to be a teacher, so God called me so I could be a teacher, but not a teacher in a public school like some of you, but a teacher uh, in in the church. He did not call me to be a musician like he did my son (laughs) who was playing the guitar just a few minutes ago. Uh, So... Uh, that's easy for me. Uh, I'm not wired to be a musician, so I'm not trying to be a musician. And I don't think Jerry's probably wired to be a, <laughs> a pastor either. So, uh, we got guidelines there, right? Now, the problem, though, with the Bible, one problem with the Bible, is people misuse it, mis- misquote it. Uh, Satan even used it to try and tempt Jesus, right? So, you got to make sure you interpret it correctly. And the bottom line with God's communication with us is, we need to admit our dependence upon Him. So the other way that we communicate with God, the way we talk to Him, right? That We call that prayer. And God wants us to talk to Him even though um, He hears our thoughts, whatever. Uh, so it's important for us to talk to Him. But we need to end our prayers the way Jesus ended His prayers. How did He end it? I don't want to die on the cross, but your will, God, not mine, be done. What you want is better than what I want. And that's, oh, that's the hard thing for us to do. Right? Say, okay, what you want, God's, but more important than what I want. We'll get to that in a few minutes. So communication is critical in making wise decisions. Second area is circumstances. Circumstances. Um, Circumstances are going to affect our decisions. Now, one thing that kind of bugs me about uh, religious people is sometimes when they get religion, they lose their common sense. (laughs) I don't think God wants us to leave our, our brains at the door. Uh, we walk in the church. Uh, so common sense goes a long way. But we talked about this and we even sang about it. Um, there are what we call open doors and closed doors. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> in uh, shoo, probably about 1980, my wife and I just thought God might want us to go as missionaries overseas. So we checked in with our mission board and they said, well, you can't go because you don't have enough experience and your wife isn't old enough. She wasn't old enough yet. <laughs> And she did not have any college education. So we could have looked at that as a closed door, or we could look at a door that we just need to knock on. And so we knocked on the door. And so the next four years, my wife went to college to get a two-year degree. Of course, by then, she was old enough (laughs) to go, and I had enough experience. And so uh, that became an open door. Five or six years later, we were getting ready to go back to Portugal after we were home in the United States for a year, and God said not to go back. So what what was an open door became another closed door. And for the last 28 years or so, whatever long it's been, 29 years, uh, we've been here. So, circumstances. We need to to examine the circumstances, try and figure out what God wants us to do. And when God intervenes, of course God can intervene anytime He wants, we call that miracles. And we had a cool little miracle not long ago. About two weeks, three weeks ago, uh, our power got knocked out with one of these thunderstorms. 19 hours without electricity, not fun. <clears throat> and when it came back on, what we found is our microwave display didn't work. The microwave worked, so if you could figure out what button to push, uh, you could get it to work. And this is like on a Friday. Uh, but display, and I'm, we're thinking, okay, this is an expensive microwave. It's either going to cost a lot to fix, or it's going to cost a lot to replace, right? And so not ironically, but... Sunday morning I get up and use the microwave, and guess what happened? I all, all of a sudden realized. The display worked. God fixed our microwave. That's the way we see it. You might see it a different way, but God fixed our microwave. didn't cost us any money. And we, every time I use the microwave, I'm still saying, thank you, God, <laughs> for fixing our microwave. Anyway, the circumstances of the movie is this. <clears throat> this teenage guy gets thrown back 30 years in the future uh, the past, where he meets his parents th- at the same age he is now. And it gets really complicated and, and hilarious. But we're going to pick up with a scene where he meets Doc, the inventor, for the first time in the past and explains to him his circumstances. Okay, so he's trying to convince me. He shows him his, this picture where his sister has a 1984 sh- shirt on. He shows his driver's license to try and convince him because that would be hard to believe, right? Somebody came uh, back from the future and... Um, so, as we're going to see, eventually, the doc's going to believe in. <clears throat> so, circumstances. This is his circumstances. What's he going to do? Another thing that God uses is, this is big, this is important, to help us make wise decisions is counsel. We would say wise counselor or godly counselor, mature people's counsel. Uh, really important not to try and make all the decisions ourselves. Um, I asked my small group a couple weeks ago about some, something I was struggling with and they all kind of agreed what I should do, and I did it, and it worked out great. I was kind of leaning to do something different. So, depend on other people to help you make, the, make these decisions. In Marty's case, George's dad is really shy and doesn't want to ask Lorraine, his mom, out. And uh, he's convinced by this kind of crazy science fiction ploy by, by Marty, that and he'll, he'll explain that, that he has to ask her out. But he doesn't know how to do it, so he asks Marty, who probably seems to be a pretty cool guy, uh, his advice on how to ask her out. All right, so he gives him some good advice that girls like that stuff. Tell how pretty they are, and he gets this messed up a little bit. He uses density instead of destiny, but that's part of the humor, obviously. So, he gives him advice. He follows his advice, right? Wise, godly—not godly, but wise—wise wise advice. Another thing God uses to help us make wise decisions is that we need to count the cost, count the cost. Um, in the movie, it's really interesting. This happens in all time travel movies or books is you get the butterfly effect. Anything you do in the past, even if it affects a butterfly, could affect the future of the whole world, right? right just before Marty comes back, Doc gets killed by some terrorist, And so he doesn't want Doc to get killed. So he writes him a letter. Doc says, no, 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 because he's afraid of changing the future. Um, So the question is, will he take the risk or the cost to read the letter? You have to watch the movie to find out. But anyway, um, Jesus told us to count the cost of being a Jesus follower. He said, like, if you're building a house, and if you haven't counted the cost ahead of time, you get the foundation in, you won't be able to finish the house. And he said, a a king goes to war, he, he figures out if his 10,000 troops can beat their 20,000 troops, and if not, he counts the cost and he decides uh, uh, to, to have peace. So, you need to count the cost of the decisions we make or don't make. Now, probably this next area is probably the one I think is most neglected, and we don't talk about enough, and that's courage, courage. Brene Brown said this, you can either choose comfort or you can choose courage. And I thought, that's pretty fascinating, isn't it? Because we all like comfortable, don't we? We talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Going to New York City for these folks is going to be out of their comfort zone. Uh, most of you probably haven't been to New York City. Um, so it takes courage to get out of your comfort zone, uh, to face your fears. Interesting, in the, in the movie, uh, Marty is a magi- musician, not magician, and uh, His girlfriend says, why don't you submit a tape? You're good. And he says, well, I'm afraid that they won't like it, and I don't know if I could deal with the rejection. Then later on, his dad is a science fiction book writer, and Marty asked him, why don't you you submit something? He said, I'm afraid they won't like it, and I don't know if I can deal with the rejection. So rejection is one area, or the fear of rejection is one big area uh, that we need courage. Uh, it reminded me of a passage in the Bible, really uh, probably the most dramatic part of the Bible talks about courage. It's in Joshua chapter 1. The Israelites have spent 40 years wandering around in the desert. There's only two guys that, from the original group that lasted, two adults, and Joshua was one of them. Moses had died, and Joshua's going to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And here's what he says. No one, God is talking, uh, communicating with Joshua, he said, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Wow, that's a pretty amazing promise, right? Well, how can that be true? He says, because I am with you as I was with Moses. So if you're a Jesus follower, you and I have that same promise, right? No one can be able to stand against us because God is with us. He said, I'll never fail you or abandon you. So you, can, you and I can look at a situation, we can look at it one or two ways. If we look at it in our own strength, our own power, it's frightening, scary. We're often paralyzed. But if we're looking at it as God is with me, someone said, God and you make a majority. God doesn't need you, or I he's a majority by himself, right? So God and you make a majority. So he says, see it as an adventure, but it's going to take, and he's going to say this over and over again, it's going to take courage. So next verse, he says, Be strong and courageous. For you're the one who will lead these people to possess all the land, I swear to the answers that I'd give them. So, this is their promised land. They told them 40 years ago, earlier, but the problem is there's people living there, right? And they don't want to give up their land. They don't want to give up their cities. The first one, of course, is Jericho that uh, they do battle with. So, my definition of courage is this faith that acts. Now, I might believe that God is with me, but if I don't act on it, then I haven't got courage. Do I? So if you're on the streets of New York City and God's wanting you to share Jesus with somebody, you might believe God is with you, but if you're too afraid to open your mouth, you do not have the courage we're talking about. So for you, um, yeah. So next verse, he says it again. So when God says something once, it's important. When he says it more than once, really important, right? In fact, he uses another word here. He says, be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Now, interesting, he connects courageous with what? Obedience. Obedience to what God says, God's word. And that's where it takes courage, doesn't it? It takes courage to do what God says to do. And not to do what he says not to do. He said, don't deviate from them, turn either to right or left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. So, not just now and then or once in a while or maybe you're kind of, but down to the, close, the smallest detail, you need to obey. And to obey, you've got to know what you need to obey, right? So, the next verse, he says, study the instructions, the Bible, uh, book of instructions, continually meditate on them day and night so you'll be able, sure to obey everything written in it. You've got to know what's in it before you can <laughs> uh, obey it. It's always funny to me. I, people say they believe the Bible. I if have you read it? Oh, No. <laughs> I've read parts of it, but never read it at all. Well, how do you know? Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, what are you gonna, is God going to make you rich? What do you think? No, sometimes we think of success. He's going to make you president of the United States? No. He's going to make you successful in the things that are of value and importance to God. And ultimately, they're the only things that are going to last forever anyway. So then he says it again. He says, this time, he says, this is my command. This is not a suggestion. This is my marching orders to you. And it's going to be really important because there are going to be an army. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then later in verse 18, he says it again. What's that, four times? (laughs) Uh, Four times he said be courageous. That's how important it was. Uh, FDR, former president of the United States, Put, said it this way it's been paraphrased other other ways courage is not the absence, absence of fear we think oh I, I'm not crazy because I'm afraid no 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 everybody's afraid only a stupid person doesn't get afraid not the absence of fear but rather the assessment that something else is more important than your fear if you're sharing Jesus with somebody that's not a Jesus follower their eternal destiny is at stake I think that's more important than your fear right a couple other things Well. will try and finish this up. Another area God uses to help us make wise decisions is corrections. We have to make alterations. We need uh, adjustments, right? And so uh, the professor is going to say, Doc's going to say to to Marty, well, you're stuck here. There's no way we can get you back. But then they come up with a correction or a plan in this clip. All right, so it's impossible. We don't have enough, enough power to send you back. Only the way we know is, only powerful thing is, powerful enough thing is lightning. When nobody knows when or where it's going to strike, of course they do, don't they? Because he's come back from the future and that supplies the plan, uh, the correction. And the last, not least, maybe most important is compassion or love. Theme song, go ahead and we'll go ahead and see the next scene. The theme song is the power of love. I don't think I can flip that cake board up like that. <laughs> um, the power of love. Now, you're talking about earthly love, which is powerful, but the greatest power in the universe is God's love. God's love for you and for me. It's what sent Jesus to the cross to die, suffer and die, because you and I can have a relationship with God. How awesome is that? So here's your homework. Some of you probably heard of the serenity prayer. Most of you probably just know the beginning part, and that's this part here. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And the courage, there's our word, to change the things I can. And the wisdom, no the difference, there's our word, wisdom. All right, but the rest of the prayer is awesome too. Living one day at a time, Jesus said that. Enjoying one moment at a time. We don't like the next part so much. Accepting hardship as the pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as we would like have it to be. Don't we wish the world was different? He said, no, no, no. Take the world as it is, trusting that you, God, will make all things right if I surrender to your will. There it is. Remember, surrender, be dependent, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. You think you're supposed to be happy all the time? No, the goal is to be reasonably happy and supremely happy then with you, God, forever in the next. Your homework is to pray that prayer. I would encourage you to pray at least once a day for the next week. And let me know how that goes for you. So let, let's pray, we'll have a, uh, a song, we'll collect your cards so we can have a drawing, and then we'll uh, make plans for our uh, special service this afternoon. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you so much uh, for uh, movie writers and these stories that, that really reflect your principles, godly principles. And God, especially this one of courage, it seems uh, one we kind of don't think about so much. Uh, we talk about believing, but we have to act on that belief, and that's, that takes courage, and God, you promised to give us that courage. Uh, you don't give us the spirit of fear, so fear comes from someplace else, from ourselves or from the devil. So, God, we would pray for courage. We would pray that we would act on our faith, and as always, God, we want to pray for anyone that's never had the courage to accept your gift. Uh, it's kind of a big decision, made the biggest decision we ever have to make, gift of salvation. And, Eternal life. So God, we pray for anyone here. It's not a Jesus follower today, but they would have the courage, and I believe God would give them that courage to enter his family, accept his gift. And all this for your glory, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.